Yeah. And money. <laughs> and blood. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yes? <coughs> and welcome to the Filipino Freethinkers podcast. That's also a video and also part of this webathon. I'm Red. I'm Talia. I'm Fisher. I'm Kenneth. I'm Georgie. And I'm Jamie. And I'm Red. Okay, <laughs> we're going to talk about one of the suggested topics of one of the first few people who actually donated to Red Cross because of this uh, thing. Uh, we're going to talk about the claim that Believers are more generous at giving to charities than non-believers <coughs> are. So we're going to talk about whether that is the case, and we're going to talk about reasons why it is or is not the case. Yeah. So, let's get it started. What are the studies? What do the studies say about this? Right. Empirically speaking, it's very easy to determine this simply by going around the table, giving our religious affiliations or none, and then the exact amount that we've given so far for Yolanda. No, I'm just kidding. That wouldn't be anecdotal at all. That would be no, a statistically representative. Okay, but no. Um, seriously though, one of our people here has done the research on it, and it does appear to be the case that believers <clears throat> do give more. But there's a caveat to that, and mm -hmm. it is that uh, giving to to their own churches as part of their tithing responsibilities count as giving. And that's a huge amount already. It's a huge amount. Like if, you, that, if you follow the, the recommended 10% yeah. for the, the conservative Well, group. that's that's INC. That's, uh, no, no, it's, and, a, it's, a, it's a... And it's a recommendation. Bible thing, yeah. yeah. Right, right. But uh, in terms of tithing, I don't know if any... Like, for example, in the Episcopalian Church, it's not... I mean, it's in the Bible, but um, you give what you're able. Uh, yeah. You could give um, 50 cents. Granted, yeah, no, whatever. Like, yeah. it's, grant, it's considered impolite to keep demanding money from you, although there is a cultural divide, at least like within our church. The Westerners, mm -hmm. uh, they're more inclined to So to, to be like, clear, um, just to give you more context, uh, Ken is a member of the Episcopalian Church? Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so the Westerners, because we have a lot of expats, the Westerners... Uh, tend to like their their ideas you don't you don't badger people for money um, there are some the ethnic Chinese community uh, especially those with more evangelical backgrounds uh, there there's they, they they do think that you should badger people for money mm -hmm. um, and that there's no shame in it uh, and then the and then everybody else is just kind of you know wh whichever uh, mm, so the the middle between yeah. the two extremes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so you get uh, wide, right? But but um, as it is decided in the in the council, we usually end up with like you remind them maybe once a month. There's there's two ways of giving it. You can either it's either the loose plate offerings, um, which is just the usual collection, <coughs> and then there's the pledge. I'm not sure how the pledge system works for Catholic uh, churches, but at least for Episcopalian ones, that's where you sign up at the start of the year. It's like um, this year I'm gonna give this much or even this month and you have like a little envelope and you're saying and then you give them like a check or you commit to give and that usually often is much larger than even your loose plate offering so at least if you're looking for a behind-the-scenes thing on it. Based on my experience it's certainly true that I have given less to to causes since I became a non-believer like um, hmm. when I used to be a believer I used to give regularly every Sunday when they would you know, they would sing the Give Money song. 
what is the, the Give Money song, right? Is it Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart? or so Depends on the choir. Depends on usually, the choir. It's usually on offertory part. Yeah, the offertory. Yeah. Like, Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me yeah, to serve yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's the give. Yeah. That's the give money song. And when they say, ah, oh, that that feeling in my heart, I really have give money to Jesus. You know, I, of course, I don't think that I'm giving money to people who would potentially use it to settle out of court the child abuse cases. Of course, I'm thinking, you know, this is my giving money to God. Of course, there's no <coughs> way that you can actually make sure that it gets directly to whatever you want. And that's an issue I have with giving to churches actually accountability there's zero accountability to when it comes to church donations and there was that whole controversy the, right do you yeah, remember no. in rappler was it published in rappler margie what? <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> like was it rappler that published this series of articles about how money that that was donated to uh, churches were you weren't I used they, for the they, they published excerpts Rufo? from a book by iris rufo oh uh, yeah 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 uh, so yes. So yeah, we could you could uh, check that out. Here's the link that will be embedded during the post-processing of this podcast episode. Right. Now that that's true, you have no actual control. Well, again, uh, to my own order, in the Episcopal Church, you we publish, we make sure to publish the accounts every month, mm. so everybody knows go. exactly where their money. So that's is. how you do it. I think. And that's if you a... don't like it, then you can lobby your representative. I do think there there has to be some accountability in terms of where the the money. Yeah. The, the money goes like um, especially in in the case of the Catholic Church they have I'm second surprised. donations parishes and, don't do know, that though I'm surprised I, I'm not I'm they not don't so have to they don't have to they have their own accounting but they're not required to and of course when you're not required to do something well, I can tell you that that is always a concern of ours like whenever we spring for some new thing we just discuss on the council like oh man how are we gonna justify this well you better make sure the people know yeah so and you're I, saying this, this is not a consideration at all. I don't see that setting. in the Catholic no. Church at all. Okay. And the, the interesting thing is that people are not interested to know. Mm. That's they part, trust. Of, that's part a, of the beauty of it. You give, you feel good, and you're done. Yeah. So it's you're spent. Less, yeah. It's, yeah. It, you're not as engaged. It's like no. that Terry Pratchett novel where there's a kingdom that's becoming a democracy, and all the subjects are like, we don't want to rule ourselves. That's your job, king. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's no voting on where the money goes no. to. Ah. That's Nothing. completely the call of whoever the archbishop of your place that's is. That's one way to mm -hmm. run a church, I guess. Yeah, and the, I think that's it's the only working. way the, the Catholic Church has been run so far. I, I'm interested to see if the, the current pope will introduce some reforms on that regard. But I understand that's, that's the most tenuous. That, that's the most... Um, Controversial stuff, right? I mean, he talks about the social issues and things, but the things that the Vatican um, political machine really cares about is when he starts talking about things like anytime a statement includes the words Vatican Bank. Mm, like the mafia is has that's threatened time, him, right? Like, yeah, that's the time when suddenly the the real power I mean the players. Mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, the Vatican. Not Bank. the yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. That's when the real power players start to get uppity when he starts talking about when it uh, has to do with money. With money, because. There are a lot of serious problems with how money is handled in Rome, uh, and it is very opaque. And there, and they would much rather it not, it not be revealed. Yeah. So, what about you guys? What's your experience on giving? You're you're both non-believers, and um, and you were believers at one point. Yes. So, do you have a similar experience? Well, for me, I never got to the point where I would personally give. To the church, like my mom would hand me here, here's a 20 peso bill, put it in the, in the basket when it passed by. Because I stopped going to church at about 
15. So you're 15 now. Um, what does, like, how, what is your experience now? Like, five, five years? Uh, five years along. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it hasn't been that long, so. Mm. So you still remember, right? Shut up. <laughs> okay, so, Fisher, what about you? Like, um, how much do you, how much did I usually give? Well, 50, maybe? I, I don't remember that, not just in terms yeah. of monetary value, but in terms of the effort <coughs> I exerted. I exerted a lot more effort to help to aid charity when I was a believer. And it has something to do with the machinery that's already there, and that's easy to utilize. You have a church building, <coughs> you have your fellow church attendees, you go there on a Sunday or a Saturday. There, there's a machine, yes. a, there's a slot for the cog that is you. Indeed, there is. <laughs> and it's easier to move that way. It's yeah. more easier. It's, it's convenient. Easier. It's convenient. Yeah, it's systematic. It's systematic. There is an organization already. And this organization, uh, for it, it works from the local level. It starts grassroots. But it's connected to all these other organizations that are connected to organizations outside the country. Mm -hmm. And so it's just easier. Which brings me again to that topic that you asked earlier. Red asked this question yeah. earlier, like, would it be good for non-believers to have an analog of a church? If not a church itself, but something like a church. If secular groups like us have a, had a more systematic option that's still humanist, then maybe more people would donate. Yeah, right. as, as a case in point, that we, we could look at the example of humanist organizations in the United States and the way they organize relief efforts for the victims of Hurricane Katrina, for instance, or for the victims of the Haiti earthquake, or Hurricane Sandy, which is a much later instance. We could really see that the students find it easier to organize, not just the students, the teachers, everyone, all people who identify themselves as humanists, secular humanists, they find it easy to donate. Because here's the thing, it's not just laziness, perhaps part of it is laziness, but part of it is also a kind of positive laziness that makes you think, will my effort yeah. right, be worth it? Hmm. Like, I don't want to expend a lot of effort for something that won't make a very big difference. So it's a drop in the bucket kind of thing? Indeed. Like a yeah, drop it's, in the, it's the, the ocean. Of intellectual, uh, it's, it's what you see in a lot of Facebook statuses also. It's like, I want to give, how do I give? Yes. Because I'm aware of the old channels of giving, and I'm aware mm. that I mean, there is a surfeit of trust in large institutions right now. Indeed. Uh, and these organizations basically provide your effort leverage. Yeah. It's really what they give. E everything seems to have a minus, like are the larger ones, right? You have the government stuff, um, and then we worry about political infighting mm -hmm. um, with the whole Romualdez Noinoy thing. You, you, have the, you have local government units, but again, same problem. You have, um, you have say, even... Oh, Almost anything you, you have reason to suspect, even the Red Cross, which we are asking people to donate, so please do donate. Even the Red Cross is being headed by Dickface Gordon, so you don't, hmm. how, how do you parse that? The opinions um, of the Filipino freethinkers are not reflected. reflected by Kenneth's Dickface Gordon remark. So, yeah. Right, however it is, but although for the record, it's being run by a lot of really good, hard-working people and who are not. Dickface Gordon. So please do give to them. And their work is felt on the ground, which is why we're recommending them. But even then, right, there, there's a reflexive kind of, everything seems off, where do I go? At least with the church, you can kind of think, well, God blesses this, so 
Mm. So I'm there's there. divine sanction for yeah. what they uh, do. Well, and also you're right in the organization, like with Ateneo right now. Like a shout out yeah. to the mm -hmm. uh, Loyola exactly. volunteers. Animo, yeah. Animo, DSWD repacking in Lasalle. Exactly, we are Lasalle. Repacking. They're doing. DSWD repacking in Lasalle. Right. Right now. Yes, so and UP, the schools seem to be doing well. That's a Jesuit school. That's a what, what, whatever religion the cell has, the you know, it's it's yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. There, there, there are actually different venues. So, why do people keep sticking to the church? Like, for example, when I was in the Catholic school, we used to give because we have masses like every first Friday or every other month or whatever, and we give, but we don't know where it's where it, where it goes. But at the same time, in that same school, there's another mechanism that allows us to have these projects, and we know where. <coughs> Where the money is actually going to, so it, I think it's a matter of just looking for the right medium on where to give and how to give. And for some reason, those churchgoers are, well, as Peter has mentioned, lazy, <coughs> maybe positively lazy, to not actually find the medium for them. I think it's uh, it's a lot of it is conditioning, really. Yeah. Like churchgoers do this every week, so they're used to it. The, the stress right. associated with the Just a bit yeah. giving of money is lessened when you when you have been doing it a lot more. Also, there's the the social aspect yes. of the person next to you giving. Let's say they, that person gave a thousand, like a bill. You saw, that, and then you had twenty bucks. Like you were planning to give twenty and. There was Maybe. actually a social experiment conducted yeah. that uh, validates that point. That yeah. when you know, when you have somebody coming before somebody who's given money, the yeah. tendency to to Just give to goes up. Yes. Yeah. So it's really a, a social conditioning thing. It's social proof. You see someone give, you, you also give yourself. You talk about donations and charities, though. Yeah. But like, mm -hmm. do you do you count the piece here, like? the time that you've spent in advocacy work, for example, which of course none of us are being paid for. Mm -hmm. um, do you consider that to be like part of what you're giving, like in terms of, like I remember you were there sleeping with everybody else in the Occupy that RH, that could so have been bad. phrased better. <laughs> but but in, in, in your, you know, that was a good context. solid 40 plus hours, mm -hmm. more. That, that is in fact a good point, and I guess that we can also connect this to the people who are helping the relief efforts through their churches. Many of them, well, I was not just thinking of the social aspect when it comes to giving monetary donations. I'm thinking of the social aspects of exerting effort, like giving your time. Mm, time is money. These, yeah, yeah. And yes, and for many of these people, when they help through their church, it's not <coughs> much of an effort because of, again, the social aspect of it. You are repacking with your friends. Yeah. You're having a donation drive with people you are familiar with. Whereas, for example, if I go to Red Cross and I went to the Red Cross. Alone. You go there alone, Forever. you walk in, you show them your Red Cross ID, and you repack goods with people who are not your friends. It's great. It's a great opportunity to meet new friends. But that sense of community, that it's sense gone. that you are socializing mm -hmm. with people that you need to socialize with because you see them every Sunday and even perhaps on other days as well. That is lost when you are helping in an organization where composed of people who are strangers to you, it, and that is one advantage really of helping through your church. So it's These not really people a church, who are helping no. through their church or their religious organizations or other organizations, they don't feel like 
they're giving out as much. Like in the same case that when we all donated our time yeah. and even our money, our energies for our um, advocacies, yeah. right? We didn't feel like we were giving that much because we were enjoying it at the same time. Yeah. I was going to say, because when I was a, a believer, which was really because I was, was a kid, yeah. I wasn't really interested also in helping out. Mm -hmm. When I became an unbeliever at around high school, I was not that interested either, although I was interested in being able to change people's views because I was, you know, I had different views. But the funny thing is, the moment I had a community of people who had similar values to me, I became more of a giver. Mm. So I think it has something to do with the fact that you belong to a group because when you're all alone, when you're an unbeliever, number one, you start off alone. So yeah. you start to have that feeling that you're not really as connected to the rest of the world as you should be. Mm. Whereas people who belong to a church, you already have that as a default. Yeah. But the moment you reconnect to a group or a community, I notice that that sense of community is kind of like rebuilt in you. And then you have a need to give back to the community. And yeah. it's possible it has nothing to do really with people belonging to the church, but simply because unbelievers Starts are really starting off as simply just starting off to belong to groups. Yeah, and uh, it's it's uh, I think it's an <coughs> it's a fact that yeah. many even even scientists have shown that human beings are social creatures. Like we prefer to be part of something that's more than us. You know, even that sense of belonging to something bigger, like contributing to a bigger cause. It's it's part of our needing to our social needs as social social would, creatures would you say that oh, sorry. i'm sorry go ahead um would you say that there's a burgeoning um not sure if you call it a relief culture or a culture because it just seems at least this is just my um personal uh experience it seems and i'm not sure what other factors there were but it seems like it started around ondoy when suddenly everybody became familiar with a relief center and packing goods and going there and helping out with Red Cross or whatever large conference area, and then now every large storm, it's it's become the thing. Like you, even with your friends, like you ask, okay, it's relief time, or and now we're almost going post relief center. We're going like, okay, we did that last time. What else can we do? Like, what more can we do? Would you say that that's something that started around? Yeah. Or is this something that's been going on for a long a time? A lot of people have. But been it's just doing that it. we haven't. I haven't seen it because I wasn't old enough yet. Or. The Bayanihan system was there for, for quite a long time. Yeah, there was for a lot of people, Ondoy made it personal. It was close to home because it was suddenly we all knew somebody whose homes like, were yes. yeah their homes. It, it when when it happened to us, like yeah. we were two floors deep in in water. Yeah. So so when we helped, like it, it was really immediate. Like we felt that uh, we're helping now because if if we didn't have the capacity to help. It, it would be other people who would be helping us. It's a tit for tat kind of yeah. thing. For now, we'd like to say thank you for watching and donate, and donate. Yes. donate. donate to, the, to the Red Cross. Donate your time.